to the podcast where we talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And this is Megan. And on this episode that we had to postpone to this week, because we had a case last week, helping a lady out with an oppression case, so, which is a, what, 20, number 29? I think so, yeah. Almost at 30. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not all of them are oppression cases, but for the most part. Eh, but 90% of them. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> no one calls us for, you know, simple ghosts in their houses. Yeah. Or... No, you know, funny thing is, I almost done just as much mind clearings, right? Everyone and the dog was, hey, can you check my head out? Yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me of something that we're probably going to be doing on Valentine's Day. Isaac, what the hell are you talking about? I know we talked about it in a past episode, so this first one is to you from us. And if you are in the Jacksonville, North Carolina area and want to uh, meet us in person, we're actually doing first time ever a live podcast from a location where you can come watch us uh, live from a place called pizza bones which is like a restaurant slash bar slash arcade thing slash has its own little stage where people do karaoke that we've invited uh, we have been invited to do a live podcast from so if you're not doing anything for valentine's day why we didn't pick that date by the way uh if you're not doing anything on valentine's day it's to be weird for us to pick valentine's day for a day wouldn't it no, not necessarily. It's a know. big, it's a big like restaurant. Event. Yeah, I, I would think, other than like Christmas and the holidays, it's probably well, people suspect that we were doing something. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's like more. Uh, the way I think of Valentine's Day is more like like when you're dating, yeah. like an excuse to kind of like been married for ten years. No one cares. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I still get you nice things. Yes, you're going somewhere. Uh, anyway, yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, back to what I was saying. Yes, we're doing a live podcast from Pizza Bones, February 14th at 5 p.m. It's going to be several segments, one being a live podcast. So we're going to record talking about haunted restaurants, amusement parks, arcades, stuff like that. Second segment uh, will be us talking about haunted locations we investigated, stories from that. Third segment would be probably third and fourth will probably be Q&A. And then last segment would just be a meet and greet where you can... Come talk to us in person. Maybe there's a question or something you want to ask us more personally. You don't want to say it over the microphone or have everybody here. You can do that. Um, and also buy some merch from us because we're going to have merch. Yeah. And we're also going to have like have merch for people that can't come to the event for you to purchase. It's going to be a permanent thing. Yeah. So probably also- days leading up until the event, we will uh, share with you guys what the merch looks like and give you guys the opportunity to buy as well. Also, we'll probably live stream parts of it. We're just deciding how we're going to do it. But uh, for those who can't make it, we're going to see so you guys going to be able to, you know, see it in per- or see it at least on your phone or wherever you want to watch it. Because yeah. we have friends in other parts, other countries who are like, I want to go and see, but yeah. they can't make the, the trip. But yeah, so if you're in the Jacksonville, North Carolina area, head over to Pizza Bowl on the February 14th to actually meet us in person. Yes. But on to today's episode, we're talking all about battlefields and the hauntings that happen on them. Reason being is we live in North Carolina, one of the original 13 colonies, and this state has seen the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. This happened. And like everything in between as yes. well. Pirates on the coasts, right? And who knows else what's happened here as well. Native American lands being taken 
wars fought that way. So this entire state in this area has seen a lot of bloodshed in battle. And I think, too, like, even when we investigate uh, wars and battles like that come up a lot. Like, we will have residual stuff sometimes. And then also, we haven't really caught, like, a period apparition, I should say. Like, some wearing something that is of the time that you can distinctively see. Like a soldier or something like that. We haven't quite caught that yet, but... Spirit box communication, that's talked about a lot, too. So, Yeah. So, I guess we'll start off. So, we're going to be talking about a couple of different spots. Now, in terms of battlefields, I feel like, for the most part, almost every place that has had a battle is going to be pretty much ha- haunted to a degree. You could just imagine the list just in the United States alone that we basically could choose from in terms of wars that were fought and stuff like that. Well, the misconception with battlefields is most people guess, well, Americans anyway, think that all the wars ever happened, happened here. We forget about Normandy, you forget about France, you forget about uh, UK, the entire, that entire country has seen war from fighting amongst themselves, from fighting the Vikingers, from fighting the the, uh, the Picts, from fighting uh, the Irish, the Scots. War has been going on a long time on that continent alone. Then battlefields in Norway and areas like that and other parts of uh, Russia and Germania, just like this entire world has seen war. Exactly. So. The ones that I picked are kind of, we. of course we're going to talk about Gettysburg because I feel like that one in terms of battlefields, that's the first one that kind of pops up. That kind of is like, you know. Everyone talks about it. Yes. And then we're going to go to Belgium and talk a little bit about the Waterloo Battlefield, which uh, a lot of people died, but archaeologists have a hard time finding the bones, and I'm going to tell you why. And mm. it's and it's makes the whole idea even creepier. Because I think one of the main topics, you know, we can talk about as as far as too was maybe why battlefields are haunted so much you know it traps a lot of residual energy and a lot of the battles were brutal they weren't you know especially ones further back they were they were brutal and i feel like it was a lot of chaos and confusion and then two how the bodies were i should say not disposed of but buried and and what happened to the bodies after would make sense of why a lot of spirits from that time period and that event particularly are stuck you know mm-hmm. and then we're going to also talk about some of the battlefields around here that we can actually go to it's in driving distance it have to be like one of those incognito kind of like investigations because i don't think they actually do overnight investigations but So we're going to talk about Gettysburg first. I'm going to give you a small little bit of history to tie in some of the paranormal experiences that investigators have had, that people visiting has had. Because, you know, like places like Gettysburg and stuff like that, that's also 
it attracts history buffs as well as it attracts like paranormal enthusiasts. So Gettysburg uh, obviously was part of the Civil War and was a major turning point of the war. The battle lasted from July 1st through the 3rd, 1863 in Adams County, Pennsylvania. Uh, There was more than 50,000 estimated casualties and the battle lasted uh, three days and was extremely bloody. Um, It ended with a Union victory. The battlefield encompasses an area of approximately 6,000 acres. Throughout the whole town of Gettysburg, there's like different like landmarks, monuments, memorials. So it's kind of one of those things if you were to go visit, I mean, the whole town itself, even though the main battles kind of happened outside of Gettysburg, going there and there's also haunted places inside of Gettysburg that isn't necessarily associated with the war but they are haunted as well so it's like a whole weekend excursion i Mm. would do anyways but there's particular locations within gettysburg that have specific paranormal ties and different events that took place one's being the devil's den it is a rocky outcropping located in Gettysburg and holds significant historical importance due to its association with the battle itself. Uh, During the Battle of Gettysburg, the Devil's Den was a site of intense fighting between Union and Confederate soldiers, and this area was initially occupied by Union soldiers but were later captured by Confederate forces on the second day of the battle. Fighting at Devil's Den was particularly fierce, Uh, Both sides had heavy casualties at this spot. Uh, The rugged terrain and large boulders provided cover for soldiers, leading to close quarter combat and brutal hand-to-hand fighting. So the Devil's Den was important, and this is where kind of the stone tape theory comes into play. A lot of investigators that have gone to Gettysburg has come up with a theory that the rocks itself hold the residual energy from the fighting. I thought that was interesting that like the stone tape theory that we've talked about for anybody that doesn't know what the stone tape theory is. It's kind of like the entrapping or the recording of a event, a traumatic event that basically trap. I don't know why I'm saying this weird that traps the energy and basically replace essentially making it residual energy. Well, in cases of like this with violence, deaths right you're always left with with spirits because when you die and you don't know you died or you were killed in such a way that literally causes you to you know instantly die through a tragic sense of that tragic uh sense of mind that level of energy almost stains the ground whether it be stone wood or earth that's why you get battlefields that are stained with blood especially when you get shot in the head or shot in the arm you die slowly on the battlefield right Yeah, and I think the thing, too, is, like, you have those slow deaths, right? And then you have the deaths where, like, cannon fire hits you and boom, you're dead. There goes your head. You know, so it's a lot of confusion, chaoticness, not knowing what happened. And, like, we've talked before about the ether, the ghosts that are there that are intelligent. It's not more so residual. They could just be confused. And, you know, like, obviously, 100 years over there is different than our timeline here. So that's interesting. Another spot is Saks Bridge which is just outside of Gettysburg. It's a covered bridge. It kind of looks like, it reminds me of the one from Beetlejuice that they go off of. 
the the husband and wife at the beginning oh yeah how they die that's kind of what it looks like to give someone a visual kind of idea of it one in particular is believed to be haunted by spirits of confederate soldiers who are hanged from the bridge Mm. different people have said different stories it's kind of like anywhere it's the same stuff that kind of happens when you go anywhere where there's a lot of hanging like they've seen the apparitions of like the bodies hanging they've felt very uneasy they've heard almost like you know i hate to say it like this but like if somebody like a like when you see it in a movie when somebody hangs and you hear the rope and then the feet dangle mm. that's what people have heard which i thought that was ooh, like <laughs> creepy another spot obviously is huge uh ghost adventures went there it's it's well known uh jenny wade house yeah no, i watched the episode uh what was cool about that episode the kind of evp of uh, a woman asking would you like would you like a drink or would you like some water or something mm-hmm. like that which they suspect is Jenny Wade when she was talking to Zach. Because Zach, during that episode, was wearing uh, a Union hat and he had a backpack on, so it made him look like a soldier. Yeah. 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 And that's the creepy part. The The backstory about the Jenny Wade house is that uh, she was basically the only civilian killed in the battle. And even like visitors that have, have gone to this house have said that they've seen apparitions. They've heard footsteps, voices, even experienced objects moving on their own, which is interesting because how some other people describe it is almost like poltergeist activity. And I don't know. I found that interesting. Anyways. um, But like I said, she was a young woman. She was only 20 years old. What had happened was Jenny was helping her mother and sister bake bread for Union soldiers when a stray bullet struck her and ended her life. So again, it was a very quick, very quick death. And that's the thing I think too, a lot with these like soldiers and the apparitions that are kind of just like wandering is a lot of these men went missing in battle. Hmm. That could, that makes sense for just the, the chaos of not, of no, not knowing what's going on. And then of course, uh, the last one is the Farnsworth house in, which is a historical bed and breakfast and was a field hospital. That's the thing about like locations here too. Is that a lot of like the old plantation houses and a lot of the historical buildings were used for that. Were used for Civil War field hospitals. And I remember I was doing research and one of the spots here that was conquered by Union soldiers that took over the land. Because a lot of times they would take over the plantation houses. And when they did, they burned all the livestock. So you got to imagine all of that blood on the land, too. Mm-hmm. That also fuels a lot of the, the apparitions. But real quick, before I go into the paranormal encounters, specifically of, you know, Gettysburg, it's important to note, too, this is kind of like the avenue that I took, Gettysburg, is that the bodies. It's it's really interesting because, you know, there's that theory that, you know, if, if a body isn't buried, you know, respectfully or correctly, that that person's soul kind of like roams and haunts and everything like that. And unfortunately, with a lot of these battles, the bodies were not given proper proper burials. Like, you think about when the Civil War took place. It took place in July. That's hot. So those yeah. bodies were just 
roasting, unfortunately. But, and a lot of it was mass graves. And with the Civil War, there was a lot of redigging of bodies, creating a lot of restless spirits, or at least that's the theory behind Gettysburg. Yeah, so just to give you a little idea of how they handled the body, the bodies, um, after the battle, both Union and Confederate forces uh, faced the daunting task of dealing with the deceased soldiers. Uh, the months following the battle, efforts were made to properly rebury the fallen soldiers. Essentially, they were basically just put in mass graves and just left to dealt, deal. Like, we can't deal with all these bodies. They're rotting. They're decomposing. And you got to think, too, animals would get at the bodies. And so, again, bodies are just, like, misplaced and everything. So it's not a good situation and makes sense to why some spirits would be lingering. But uh, essentially this, this whole thing led to the establishment of national cemeteries at Gettysburg in particular. Union soldiers were reintegrated in a more organized and respectful manner while the Confederate soldiers basically was left up to the families from where they came from and the communities to go and deal with that. And there was a lot of bodies that were just missing, too. So, mm. restless spirits. Yep. But some actual, like, encounters that happened. So, apparently, the main thing that you see there is the soldiers. Um, many visitors to Gettysburg have reported seeing apparitions of soldiers dressed in Civil War era uniforms. A lot of times, they're often seen marching across the battlefield, standing near monuments, or even engaging in battles. And then you consistently could hear, or a lot of people have heard sounds of gunfire, cannon blast, and distant cries like men moaning. And some of the most compelling footage of Gettysburg is that. I I know one that gives me particular chills that you can easily go look up. Anytime you look up Gettysburg, this one will pop up. But it's basically music, like how they would do like the marching music before. You nobody's there with these investigators and they're just, you know, standing at the battlefield and they hear the music being played and there's nobody there. Like anybody that can would be making this music would be like a full piece like band, not band, but like people with instruments. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that clip? Yes. Yes. I think I have. And then Gettysburg 2 also has that famous clip of like the soldier Walking yeah. across the road. That one I that's, see. Yeah, that's that's Gettysburg. Apparently, there's also a ghost that's known as a lady in white, which I feel like almost every spot has a lady yeah. in white. Like, <laughs> but about, basically, a ghostly woman in white wandering the grounds of Gettysburg. Uh, some people believe she is a grieving widow searching for a husband, or it could even be a nurse tending to wounded soldiers. Witnesses have reported seeing her near the battlefield in town and even around specific haunted or historic buildings another thing that people have witnessed and this is just like the mass of what people have have witnessed is phantom cavalry so people have received uh reported seeing sightings of horses uh men riding horses across the battlefield galloping hooves clanking equipment um and then it just goes away but one specific person was in the Devil's Den area. Basically, was, you know, in the Devil's Den area, was just, you know, doing things 
doing the paranormal investigating and they actually saw a floating torso of a man like from his like waist up right which makes you think did he not have a enough power to fully manifest the ghost or did he lose his bottom like bottom half mm. so and that makes you think kind of like question is there something at the battlefield that because majority of these things are very very like burst of of energy right so is there something there that's given them the energy to manifest as they do you know because a full body apparition like where you could see detail that takes a lot of energy well i mean we're told stories about people see just seeing floating heads yeah, yeah. so that makes me think like do they not have <laughs> i hate to say it like that because it sounds very like cartoony but like they don't have enough energy to manifest the full body that the full body's there you're just only seeing so much true yeah but there's another lady they were kind of like paranormal investigating they weren't i don't think they actually had a like a team team but they were they were going to just check it out like have their own experiences and they actually had where they were driving it was just them and it was you know around the battlefield and they actually saw and this is crazy because this makes no sense obviously with the civil war era stuff but then it makes you wonder if there's something more like a portal a door or something like that to the other side around gettysburg because of the traumatic situations so they were driving and uh they pass this car and they see this car pull off they really didn't pay attention and they go back and the car is gone like within seconds like go right follow the car because they were going to ask like oh have you seen anything do you have any should we go here should we go there to the people in the car because they like parked off like they were doing the same thing as them and they turned and the car was gone but there's no explanation as to where the car went ghost cars ghost cars i don't know that's what i said but if say that ghost died more recently or a car whatever phantom because there's things about phantom cars all over the place yeah so i think highway yeah highway 66 has phantom cars like a jeepers creeper phantom car type thing anyways one specific person also said that when they were there they could smell gunpowder like bad like they would just get whiffs of gunpowder and then here's the interesting thing so they would hear like you know rifle cannon shots they've heard uh they heard moaning which is you know all kind of like residual stuff it can even be intelligent stuff but the thing that makes me wonder is they start smelling sulfur at random moments and we all know that sulfur is associated with dark spirits you gotta think battlefields <clears throat> excuse me battlefields a lot of uh negative emotions fear anger rage right mm-hmm. and all that death that's happened there in 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 vain essentially yeah perfect feeding ground for dark entities to feed off all that negative emotion so i wouldn't be surprised if you find dark things there yeah and uh one specific person also talked about uh, they actually work in Gettysburg, and their office building is on a site of an old farmhouse that was used as a field hospital. And there was a couple of men that had died where the parking lot is. And he doesn't know what happened to the bones, don't know what happened to the bodies, whatever. But he says it's extremely creepy. And he 
he he went to Saxbridge and said he never experienced anything, but in his office he says it's a, it's a very daunting feeling. In certain spots around town, you get that daunting feeling, like the creepiness. You know, so. freaking scary. Huh? If we were to get a chance to go to Mexico mm-hmm. or some place where Aztec battles have happened. Ooh. And you hear the Aztec death whistle in the You know woods. what that's crazy? <laughs> I actually, when I was looking at battlefields, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why. I was, because, you know, the first thing that makes sense is like if you start hearing like war cries or like, like anything that was used to intimidate during wars and stuff. And obviously the Aztec death whistle was one of them. And so that thought, that thought crossed my mind is like, dang, that would be freaking scary to hear that. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so um that's pretty much gettysburg hopefully i have i want to go there this year i don't know if i'll ever go there this year but i want i want to i don't know distance pennsylvania so i think yeah i know new york from here is 10 hours so i feel like we went through pennsylvania to get to new york right mm, i don't know my geography. i think at the most it might be 13 but because that would have to be like a weekend trip or a vacation trip. Yeah, it's funny. We already talked about a battlefield in the previous episode. Which one? Bridgewater Triangle. Yes. With Native Americans yeah. and the settlers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean is like there are so many. I'm pretty sure like every state, especially in the original 13 colonies here, have battles because there was battles with the Native Americans. There was battles with pirates there was battles with like the civil war revolutionary war i haven't even this episode doesn't even touch on revolutionary war battlefields but there's that here as well and that's the thing is like when we go investigate that comes up a lot is is the wars and stuff and you gotta think too a lot of the times there was also fighting in between the bigger battles like if if one uh what what do they call them Oh, what do they call them? The groups. If, like, for instance, one group that's opposing another group crosses each other in the woods, because it's not like today's society where they kind of know where it's where they're at. They cross each other. This is a mini battle right there. Yeah. You know, and captured. Skirmish. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we could talk about, like, because obviously anybody that's been around listening to us for a while knows that I channel right when I research and it I just take whatever comes to me and I'll write it down on a separate sheet of paper like this is what I'm seeing you know whatever and like I said Gettysburg is one of those places that I really want to go I want to witness um if I could help cross anybody over that's not residual yeah I would love to do that anyways but there's this one specific spot and I don't know exactly where it is. I would have to actually like look at pictures of the battlefield and stuff like that. And I'll see if I can maybe pinpoint it. But um, I, I don't know. It just showed me a, it was like dusk, like right before nighttime. Right. And it's like a little, there's like flowers in a small section of the field and it's bordering kind of like maybe wooded area. I'm not quite sure. And on this little hill, like I thought I was by myself in this channeling. It was just showing me the specific spot. 
but I saw a Civil War era soldier sitting there with his hands on his arms, like just pondering. And he turned to me and the guy had no jaw. And then telepathically, because obviously you can get that when you channel and stuff like that. Telepathically, the guy was asking me, where's my jaw? Which is a strange thing to... Yeah, because I was like, he can't speak, so... (laughs) Yeah, it was telepathically. He just like... I just heard like almost like gargling noises. And then he turned to me and he telepathically said, where's my jaw? Or at -hmm. least I got that as a message. So Mm -hmm. I was like... And I got out of there. But that was not... That was weird. Like, I could tell you the smell. The smell was like... You know that summery dew smell? Like when you have to go to school in the morning? Yeah, yeah. It smelled like that. But with a slight hint of like woods. Like smoke almost. And... Ugh. It just is weird. But yeah, I saw... That's what I saw when I was channeling. And that was the only thing that like really... But this spot, normally when... I look into a location and I see like a specific spot that is normally like if we were to investigate it, that's where we would go. And this is the spot that I would go. Um, Like I said, I I would have to look at like the different portions of the battlefield to see where exactly. I feel like it's somewhere that not a lot of people go. It's like off the beaten path per se. So. Well, if we have our. So we're pick up the litter. Uh, if we're allowed to go wherever we want to go, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the oversaturated areas of the battlefield would be that, but it'd be interesting. Interesting, yeah, to see what we could capture doing what we do best mm-hmm. at those locations and seeing what is actually still there. Ooh. What are you getting? I don't know. We we attempted to record this episode once before and I didn't have this, but now all of a sudden I'm getting like the channeling what would you call it? The channeling like woo woos. Your word not mine. <laughs> like I don't know. Like it's like I'm here but I'm not. I don't know. And like the back of my head is hurting really bad all of a sudden. And even when someone so, got shot. I don't know. I don't know. Weird. Um, cause I keep going back to that spot, like going there and there's not a lot of like, I don't see a lot of other like people there. Like I said, it's, it's like an off, like nobody know, not nobody knows about it, but like, it's not one of the main focal point. It's not the devil's den. It's not Saxbridge. It's not one of those. And it's like off the battlefield. I don't know. I got to look anyways. There's another, this this is not in particularly Gettysburg, but I thought this was interesting. And this is probably something I would imagine would also happen at Gettysburg. There's a story I was reading on Reddit um, about this guy who uh, went to the battlefield of Bull Run. And he said he was at the like memorial or whatever that's there. And he said he thought it was like one of the uh, museum like guys that had said it. But he said he was randomly just by himself looking at stuff and he heard, get down. And he turned around like, oh, my God, is this like museum guy? Like, what is he doing? You know, so he turned around and he said there was nobody. There was no other guest 
there was nobody else there but he said he heard it clear like clear clear it makes you think about the smith smithsonian mm-hmm. museum because mm-hmm. um, it has all those objects all those artifacts all those things taken from all places around the world exactly and like, i remember i pulled stuff from this to that uh, the museum in Raleigh, mm, right? Imagine yeah. that place, all that concentrated. I'm surprised no one ever talked about the Smithsonian being haunted. I don't know. Interesting. I feel like it would be. It was like some security guard late at night here. It's like, you know, Native American drums or like a plane be, flying over. That would be a really <laughs> cool, honestly, an episode to, to maybe do for the future is like uh, things that museum guards or security guards at locations like that have heard or experienced because that's dealing with objects versus or things attached to objects like that house in that museum that remember the house that was in the museum oh yeah that was some creepy stuff yeah and that was just a little like walkthrough house but it was literally a replica or not no i don't even think it was a replica was it or was it the actual house that they put inside the... I don't know. I don't know exactly. <laughs> we have pictures. I'll, I'll right. uh, show pictures on Instagram. But we were in it and we heard some weird shit just in the like three to four minutes that we walked into this house. It has all the like objects from the original house. But I don't know if the little... Anyways. Um, but on to the next spot. So the next spot that we have, our battlefield that I would like to talk about, is the Waterloo Battlefield. That one is very... So the Waterloo Battlefield is in Belgium. The Battle of Waterloo was fought on June 18th, 1850. Again, summertime. Near Waterloo... Yeah, near Waterloo in Belgium. Uh, it was the end of the Napoleonic wars uh the french army under napoleon command was defeated by uh two armies of the seventh coalition like i said battle of waterloo was extremely devastating in terms of casualties the combined number of men killed or wounded reached nearly fifty thousand, uh with close to twenty five thousand on the french side and approximately twenty three thousand for the allied side and over seven thousand horses were killed so imagine the amount of blood that's just like stained on that area. And if you look at it now, it's very, very beautiful. It's like, you know, like a typical like countryside with like some hills. It's, it's nice. But here's the thing. All of those people died. And you know how many skeletons archaeologists have found of those people that died? Do you know how many? Mm. Two. Two. And the reason don't put two fingers and not oh, say the yeah, number. Sorry. No one can see us. <laughs> uh, two, yeah, two bodies were found, and the reason being is because essentially they were put in a mass grave, which you know is typical to a lot of different battles. But what they did with the bones afterwards is what's really creepy. Mm. So basically, they took the bones. And they sold it to farmers who then used the bones as like coal. It's not coal, but it was that's what they used it like. They ground it down and they used it like coal. I think bones are flammable like that. That's what they that's that's what they said. They said they used it like coal. Mm. So I didn't know that either. But could you imagine all of those people 
ground down. Because, you know, who knows? I mean, I've not have been to the other side yet, so I don't know what it's like, obviously. But it's kind of interesting. Like, I wonder... Well, okay, we have that example of the... What is it? The Maysville Cemetery? I think we talked about it here before. Maysville Cemetery, they had tombstones there, yeah. right? But then they put a shit plant on top of the 1800s. Sewage facility. Yeah, thank you. Sewage, <laughs> sewage facility. Shit plant. And we're going to go there and record it one day so you guys can actually see what we're talking about. Yes. Because it's, it's a disgrace. It is really bad. I know society like it's it's there's more people amazable than originally it was there's a good but, chance that they left bodies behind when they put the sewage plant on top of them and just moved the headstones and you know history it's happened many times before but the thing is too this is the thing is they didn't even move the headstones remember they were inside the fence of the ship plant it was one yeah inside the fence line but that's yeah. what the thing is is like if you cross over and you're over to the other side and somebody digs up your grave or messes it what happened like do you come back like it, it doesn't make any sense yeah you know if you're over there on the other side and you're in a peaceful place why would you come back you know and it, it kind of plays around the idea to the importance of your like vessel or your body here on earth once you leave because because for us you know we believe the soul and the body is separate essentially so you start over yeah but um so this is another thing is some people were given bones from this so obviously not today but Apparently, back then, some of the bones were passed on, and some people kept the bones of the humans. And that's what happened in this one article that CNN did covering this. Uh, this one man had two bodies in his attic from the Waterloo battle. So, uh, the story goes that historians recently revealed that many of those who fell at Waterloo were dug up by farmer, farmers who sold their remains to the sugar interest industry for the use in the industrial process, which is where they were used like coal. So not only that, they, that is so They made candy out of them? <laughs> not necessarily. They didn't actually like put the bones in the candy, but they used it to power the machine. Well, not machines, but in the process of doing sugar. Gross. Which is weird. They're so cake haunting you. <laughs> God. Um, so last November, uh, at the time it was 2023 when this article was written, Bernard Wilkin, a senior researcher at the State Archives of Belgium, was in Waterloo giving a talk on the process in which the bones used as a kind of charcoal and sugar purification when something astonishing happened. After the talk, he told CNN that this man came up to him and said, Dr. Wilkin, I have bones of the per Perugians in my attic. Uh, the man who wishes to remain anonymous showed Wilkin pictures of the bones and invited him to his house near the battlefield where Napoleon's forces faced off against the Perugians. Hmm. I think I'm saying that right, hopefully. 
Um, Perusians. Perusians, yeah, there you go. A few days later, Wolken visited the man at his home and came face to face with the remains, which the man had had since the 1980s. He explained that he ran a small private museum at the time and was given the remains for display by a friend who had found them some years earlier. Despite being a collector of Napoleonic memorabilia, the man told Wilkin he could not ethically bring himself to display the remains. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> so, stored them away in his attic. Wilkins said of the man who lives alone, he suddenly decided he was old and could pass away in the next few years and was afraid of what would happen to the bones. When he saw the research that the guy released last summer, he thought this guy knows about bones and the Napoleon Wars and he works for the government. Uh, One of the skulls uh, showed signs of being deeply damaged by a a sword or bayonet, so it was a very brutal way of dying. Um, initial tests revealed that the remains belonged to at least four soldiers. Uh, items found close to the bones, including leather and bone buttons, as well as the location in which they were discovered, suggested some of the dead were, in fact, Perugian's soldiers. Mm. So, you ain't telling me that man's house isn't haunted. Yeah. And he didn't say anything about that. And a lot of times, people that are more into the history and science side of things will not give way to, like, the paranormal stuff. So that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. And then sometimes, too, in a lot of these battles, especially in the Civil War, the graves were shallow. So when it would rain a lot or something like that, the graves would rise up and... Choo! So you have constant removal of of bodies. Not bodies, but... Constant removal of things and removal of bodies and bones and everything else objects that they would be attached to exactly yes so now i got one for you Ooh. i know this episode's mostly been you because you wanted to do this but yeah i actually looked at one that i was like when i heard about it i was like holy crap because when you think about war right where when war takes place and sometimes war lasts years we often forget through those years Weather happens mm-hmm. and natural event, natural causes of events. So sometimes you wipe out an entire army with a hurricane or tornado or flooding or anything like that. So there are depictions of war where major ca- major major casualties of soldiers died due to natural causes. But the number one thing that killed the most soldiers was done by animals. In World War II, I think it's off. Island. Oh, sorry. It was basically the Battle of Rami Island. Rami. Rami? Off the uh, coast of Burmese. Or Burma. The Burma campaign. What was interesting about that is that the Japanese were on this specific area stretch of island, kind of created a holding ground between certain points of the war when we went to war with them. But it was the Allies. I think it was uh, the United Kingdom and India were. coming at them from that direction. Mm-hmm. But they came to this island as kind of a staging post. And what they didn't know is that they had swamps on this island that were full of crocodiles. Full of them. Oh, and no. all these Japanese soldiers ate up all the meat of all the animals, all the stuff they could catch, capture and kill and cook because they had didn't really have any supplies. Or they ran out of supplies. So they had to you know, take all the fruit, take all the animals, food like that. So... When these crocodiles started waking up out of hibernation, there was nothing to eat. 
And then the Allies came and basically pushed the Japanese soldiers through the swamplands in order to get to the other side. When oh, that happened, no. <laughs> when that happened, all the crocodiles started feasting on the Japanese soldiers, and almost nine hundred of them, or almost to a thousand, died being eaten by crocodiles. When the uh, Allies heard this, they basically pulled back and let the crocodiles do their work for them. Wow. Supposedly on that island, fishermen here are still men screaming in the woods. Dang. Yeah. There was, well, something kind of really interesting that I did read. It was a World War II story. Um, and it happened to be in the trenches. Because obviously in World War II, they did use, you know, like trenches. And there was a guy. Um, and this kind of kind of isn't really like a haunting it's more of something like a uh premonition or like you know the other side warning you um there was a guy that was asleep in one of the trenches and he had a brother his brother had died two years prior different area but had died two years prior and he said he was sleeping but it was like kind of waking up and all of a sudden he felt all right sorry i was Inhaled, um, I was trying to burp at the same yeah. time. Weird. Okay. Anyways, and he felt like a nudge. And he said there was nobody like around him necessarily. And he said he woke up and he said he saw the face of his brother. And he said his brother was going, come on, come on, come on. You got to get up. You got to get up. Come on. We got to go. So he said he got up really quick. He first of all, didn't realize what he was looking at and obviously wanted to follow his brother. So he got up and walked away. And he says as soon, like no more than a couple seconds later, he said that area of the trench Got full blown, like smashed with ammunition, mm. or not ammunition, but no. Yeah, World War One had trenches. Yeah, World yeah. War One. Sorry, <laughs> they didn't do that in World War Two. Yeah, because we were in the same place. Yeah, World War yeah. One. Sorry, but yeah, I think uh, if we do a part two of this, we need to search battlefields of ancient times. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, like pre. Like, I'm pretty sure, I know it'd be fucking scary for someone to experience it, but I'm pretty sure in some of the woods in Germany or Germania or in the, in the surrounding areas of Europe or um, North Europe, is it Europe or North? Yeah, Europe itself. You hear um, like chanting from the Germanic tribes that the Romans heard when they were starting going in through there. Because, you know, the Roman armies had to go through those and they had a lot of battles. So imagine hearing like, yeah, well, there's a lot of tribes like indigenous as well all over that would do things like that. I still have chills down my spine thinking about like the Aztec death whistle, too. Could you imagine? That's just crazy. And I want to get one just to scare shit out of people. Yeah. Well, too, and a person that would actually have really good stories, and who knows, I might bring him actually on here to retell some of them. My dad grew up right next to battlefields. Yeah. And he's probably going to listen to this episode because it has the word battlefield. Yeah. He's he's pretty much a history buff for like Revolutionary War, Civil War, like earlier wars. I think he's a history buff in general, but yeah. Didn't he want to be a history teacher? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, at one point, yeah. Maxwell coach slash history teacher. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Because that man can talk. Yes. He, he, mm. If you know back from our early episodes when I did a guest episode talking about his experience that happened to him in his teen years, um, I didn't have to do much talking in that episode. Yeah, he, he loves to talk. Yes. He loves to conversate. 
Well, I guess it wraps us up here for this yeah. episode. Next episode. Oh, sorry. Waiting. I thought you were getting Queuing ready. To, you up. Yeah, I thought you were getting ready to continue on. Is the I don't know how to say the Voynich Voynich manuscript and other documents that have yet to be deciphered. Oh, something we forgot to mention on the last episode we did because we released it before we released the bonus episode. But if you haven't listened to it already, we had a bonus episode with William from WTCW WTCW yeah. uh, Paranormal, uh, young investigator um, of the younger generation. He's seventeen years old. And already has a bright future in the investigation world. Yeah, and we've gotten a lot of things from people saying that he is, like, they love hearing him talk. So it's a good guest interview. Yes. So if you haven't listened to that bonus episode, go back there and listen to it. Because for a kid who's only been doing this for three years, almost the same time as us. Yeah. Yeah, he's already gotten a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and he's a cool guy. Yeah. So. But yes, look forward to the Voyage Manuscript later this week. And uh, that bonus episode, go listen to it if you haven't already. And we're guaranteed you're going to have more uh, bonus episodes you coming out within the next couple of months leading up to, of course, our live uh, podcast and, of course, afterwards as well. Yes. But as always, you can catch our social medias at Hidden in the Shadows Podcast on Instagram, Hidden the Shaw 6 on X, Hidden in the Shadows Podcast. Two on TikTok or links to all our social media. Always listen to us at hiddenshadowspodcast.com. Um, also, we have the our paranormal team, uh, Hidden Shadows Paranormal on Instagram. Yeah, you had a website too, right? Not yet, but it's coming. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, if you guys are dealing with anything paranormal, need our help with any kind of situation, uh, removal, or just maybe counseling on what we can do, uh, just message us. Nothing's too big, nothing's too small for us to deal with. But as always, we'll catch your weirdos in the next one. You hope. Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. 